0: Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast, frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events, with Wedding and Special Event Consultant, Toby Dodge of Connect.Wedding, and Eric Zimmerman, Pianist, DJ, and Master of Ceremonies of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is New Information and New Responsibilities, Part 2. Learning from experience. It should be obvious that one doesn't know what one doesn't know. The person is just not experienced in the area. As an example, if one is trying to produce an event with no prior experience, they certainly will learn a lot. However, it could happen that they will encounter things that they just don't know. And improvising to fill in the blanks? Poor choices could be made. In this episode, Toby recounts working with a couple on their grand entrance, who had some interesting ideas about no introductions and no announcing. Somehow they thought they could just appear on the dance floor and that suddenly everyone would give them their attention. This idea of no announcing could work nicely for an intimate event, such as a dinner party of perhaps 30 to 60 guests, but certainly not for a large event of 100 or more. Now, Toby is quite the diplomat and patiently illustrated for the couple the various ways their grand entrance could be done in the way that they had chosen. I think this idea of no announcements is probably born from having experienced bad announcing by a poorly chosen master of ceremonies who wasn't working from a script. And now, please enjoy New Information and New Responsibilities, Part 2, Learning from Experience. New information and new responsibilities. In other words, you know, you think you got it all figured out. Oh.
1: Well, you know, when I think about knowing what I know now, mm-hmm. and when I started, how much I thought I knew. <laughs> that fills in the, the blanks. Yeah. yeah. Relatively speaking, <laughs> I did not know nearly what I really needed to know. Yes, the rudiments of how you get someone down the aisle and looking at a timeline, but it never ceases to amaze me how, especially in entertainment, how each band leader, DJ, uh, group has their own timing. Yes, there's Things that we all generally do, there's usually some way to get people into a room, whether it's a formal grand entrance. Uh, In the case, I've had couples where that was too overwhelming to them. Mm -hmm. And it was hard sometimes for the band leader to say, well, don't you want to be introduced at all? I mean... Somebody has to say Mr and Mrs. Uh-huh. And I don't have to be the one, you know, cuz the oftentimes when I had English families uh from Great Britain, they they would want to have the best man or a a person who's designated to be more or less the MC of the evening. Mm-hmm. And so you never quite knew, but in this one particular case, the bride and groom said, No, we just want to appear on the dance floor. And I said, Well, you know, that could be very dramatic. Mm-hmm. We just have to figure a way to get you there with no one seeing you. <laughs> and then it occurred to me that oftentimes with a band, you have, and this is really up to everybody to decide for themselves. But sometimes you have families, cultures, even religions that will determine if the music starts then or after the meal, hmm. or if there's music playing when guests come in. Are guests invited to dance? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's spontaneous nobody decides, the crowd decides, you know, Mm -hmm. they hear music and they just run to the dance floor and they're having a, a great time. And then they'll, they'll stop the action or they'll just talk over the action and introduce the bride and groom and they run on to the dance floor. So you, you just don't know. I mean, so I had it in my mind because of the few weddings that I had gone to before I started working as a wedding coordinator. Well of course they're introduced. Of course there's a first dance. Sometimes they'll even have a welcome before they do the first dance. It just depended. So when this couple told me no <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had to say to myself, okay, this is a first, but it's important because obviously to them they wanted a totally different feeling in their wedding they didn't want a lot of pomp and circumstance uh-huh.
0: at all so had they seen it done that way before or had they I don't
1: think so uh-huh. i i think they, this was something that just because of their mentalities hmm. wanted to do And because I hadn't seen it done before, I really couldn't speak from any kind of experience and say, look, you know, it's great in theory, but this is what will happen. And many times, you know, I think it's incumbent upon the professional to tell people, hey, you want to do this? No problem. But let me just give you some hindsight here ahead of time Mm. of what I've seen happen, given those parameters that you want. So since I hadn't, I had to say, okay, we're going to make this work. So I said, are you okay with if somehow we get you into the room and you walk to the center of the dance floor and there are people on the dance floor already dancing? Mm -hmm. Or... Are you okay with everyone being seated, not being introduced, and then just walking to a corner of the dance floor? So I started thinking of different combinations Uh of how this could happen and getting them to realize that with each of these choices comes some... With consequences? A path, yes. <laughs> or, yeah. a, you know, yeah. a natural uh, set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Because whichever they chose, I would have to back it up. Right. With what can I do to make that to support that? To support that. Yeah. So they finally decided that they wanted to be on the corner of the dance floor. And music was fine being played, and not to mention their their names until they reached the center of the dance floor. Because what I said to them, I said, you know, some people are going to be disappointed if they're sitting and talking, and nobody interrupts them, and they may not see your entire dance. Mm -hmm. And if there are people on the dance floor, it'll block their view. So I started trying to explain what would happen if they were a guest Mm -hmm. and they didn't realize. Because most DJs and MCs and band leaders... We'll let people know ahead of time. And they'll say, in a few minutes, we're going to have our grand entrance. Or, you know, Linda and Barry are just outside the door. They're getting so excited. Let's all, you know, take our seats and, you know, in some fashion make a transition. Mm -hmm. They didn't want any of this, of course. So oh. I wanted them to understand how this might be a challenge. How it
0: might play out. Or, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh-huh.
1: So, and this discussion, we're just spending about five, seven minutes on it. I'm not kidding you. It was an hour <laughs> oh. to go through every single possibility that I could think of because I didn't want them to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Or for them to get flack, you know, from somebody saying, why didn't your band leader wait till we sat down? I couldn't see that. Or, you know, I missed it. I was in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, whatever. And, of course, I have to admit, if I'm being honest, I didn't want someone coming up to me and say, why didn't you wait <laughs> till we were all seated? Or why weren't they, they announced, you know? So this is how we did it. Finally, I had an agreement with them that we would change the pace of the music okay. so that as usually the music is very upbeat when you first come into a ballroom mm-hmm. because the band leaders and DJs, they want everyone to be in a good mood. Also, they have to get accustomed to the sound and the volume. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to take at least two to three minutes for your ears to adjust. And you would think that wouldn't be such a big deal. But depending on how much space you've had for cocktails, sometimes cocktail hours are very loud. So it's no big deal to transition to band or DJ music that's lively. We've all walked into a room wherein it's too loud. Oh, sure. And we've all walked into a room and it feels like a morgue. Yeah. So so the nice part is if you know what it sounds like in the cocktail area, then you can make, you know, an adjustment so that it's good on everybody. Because the last thing you want are, you know, somebody coming up and saying, it's too loud. And you're three minutes into your event, mm-hmm. so I suggested that we have lively music for like the first five, ten minutes as everybody's coming in, mm-hmm. and then once they're they're seated or and they they really didn't necessarily want them to be seated mm-hmm. if, unless they wanted themselves because they, they did like music. It wasn't about that. It was just about them mm-hmm. not being a big deal. So I said, you'll have people on, on the dance floor. So if you trust me to take you where there are no people standing and I will lead you literally by the hand, Through the tables, where I know there's a good pathway for you.
0: Wow. Uh huh.
1: And I'll give the band leader the high sign, and it will take about 20 to 30 seconds to finish whatever song or, you know, uh, part of the song that we can nicely transition into your first dance. Right. Some, Right. I'm shielding you. It was a good thing I was tall, because <laughs> I was usually as tall as the bride and groom. So I could give the, the band leader or the DJ a 30-second cue, and they would transition the music, and then I would lead them to mm. the path that I knew they could get on quickly. And that's how I did it. So... Everyone could see them at least coming on to the dance floor, mm-hmm. and then the band leader could start the music. <sighs> and, <laughs> you know, and I take a big deep breath because I didn't know what was going to happen. It's only happened once or twice in all the years <clears> that <throat> someone doesn't want to be introduced, but that can happen.
0: Yes. There was a wedding that um, at the end of the cutting of the cake I uh, suggested that the bride and groom say thank you on the microphone. And then because the, in this particular location the dinner was in one section of the property and that the the dancing would be in another section of the property mm-hmm. that I said that after they were done saying thank you, that I would announce that the couple was going to go onto the dance floor. And and, and I think it, I don't think it was their first dance. I thought, I, th- I think it was like the married couple dance or something, something to kick off the dancing. And she said, no, don't make that announcement. Don't bring people over. And I said, but, but you guys are going to go over there, right? And she said, yeah, we're going to dance. And, and I said, but but shouldn't I say at this time the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith are going to go and please join them? In a, no, don't make that announcement. And it'll just happen. And so I re, I recall the bride and groom saying thank you. And then the bride got done saying thank you. And then she went... She like looked around for a second (laughs) and she went, well, and then she just kind of made this gesture with her hands and everything like this. She kind of went, well, and then they just walked to, to, to the, to the dance, dancing area, which was out of sight. You know, so so they basically disappeared. (laughs) So, and, um, and I had to bite my tongue not to, not to say. Let's all join them. Yeah. Or
1: Did you hand gesture? <laughs> <laughs> did you pantomime?
0: Well, well, I went like this, you know, to them. And I did, did do a, a gesture. Yeah. Um, but, um, but it was this, this thing where, like, what do we do now? Type of a thing. And, and so she had that look on her face. The bride had that look on her face. And also the, the guests were, were kind of like, where did they go? And, and this type of thing. So, so whenever I think the rule of thumb, um, that whenever anything ends, something starts, mm-hmm. even if you're returning each other's attention to each other, you know, in other words, uh, in other words, please enjoy the company of each other and enjoy your dinner, mm-hmm. you know, type of a thing you've, you've told them what's happening next, um, so anyway,
1: <laughs> so now I'm I'm dying to know what happened. Did the did the guests follow, or did you kind of step in and motion?
0: <laughs> I stepped. I stepped in. And I did. I did motion. I didn't make any announcement, but I motioned. You know, and wow. I and I I, I I went like this. You know, and and there, <laughs> and kind of made a a wave. A wave my hand. like
1: follow them. Follow them. <laughs>
0: So it was a little bit of sign language, a little sing- signaling, hand signals, yeah. semaphore, whatever you want to call it.
1: I know it's, you, and the thing is, I think most of the time, whether it reflects the bride and groom's personality. In the case of of the story I mentioned, that it really was an issue for them. They did not want to be the center of attention, even though they knew it was their wedding. Obviously, uh-huh. yes, but. I think the, the premise or maybe what encourages couples to try and figure out something different is because they want to be different. They don't want to do things the way everybody else does. Mm-hmm. And, and they feel that if they don't uh, announce things, that somehow organically it's going to be more natural And it won't be stilted. Mm -hmm. And I get that. I mean, philosophically, I get it. Mm -hmm. However, it's human nature. Unless you're just in one room and you're not going from area to area, Uh I think people expect and, and look forward to being guided. Yes. I mean, nobody is that embarrassed to say where are the bathrooms or where can I smoke or (laughs) you know when they want to do something and no one has told them they'll ask I mean how many times and I don't mean this in a detrimental uh, way um, it's just human nature where Mm -hmm. someone will come in and say when are you cutting the cake (laughs) or are they going to be making speeches? You know? Hi. <laughs> it's, it's just normal, you know, because there's always somebody who wants to go home early and they don't want to miss anything. Hmm. And for years, I encouraged couples not to feel like everybody is unhappy if they want to leave earlier than they had anticipated it has nothing to do with them right so often it means you know what i'm not a dancer i love them or i don't know enough people here i'm not that gregarious i saw them get married it was great fun We had a great meal.
0: We have the babysitter till 10. Yeah, that's
1: exactly (laughs) right. And it's all right. Yeah. When I sit down with couples and we talk about how they want to organize the wedding day, it's rare that everyone agrees exactly Mm -hmm. how much activity they want. Sometimes you have... A couple, one is much more gregarious than the other, and they don't want to be on the dance floor all that much. It's wonderful if everybody's so totally compatible, but oftentimes, perhaps the bride likes the best man, but she's also been around him. A long enough time to realize if he gets a couple of drinks in him, you never know what could come out of his mouth. Right. And so she's pushing for him to speak as soon as possible. The groom, on the other hand, wants a good hour of cocktails, no rush, dance a good 20 minutes or so, then, you know, have the father of the bride, you know, welcome everyone, and then go to the first dance, then, you know, have the first course, then have the best man give his speech, and so on and so forth. And the bride is fidgeting like crazy Mm. during this whole topic because I have no idea what's going on until she opens her mouth. I can just see her fidgeting and knowing something's going on that she's not really comfortable with. So then I know she's not going to want to cross her fiance's desires. He's paying for the wedding. Yeah, and her parents are not doing much so she's beginning now it's starting to dawn on me she's probably feeling like I really can't say much because my parents can't Mm -hmm. contribute Mm -hmm. that much and here we are and this is going to be such an embarrassing moment for her if he opens his mouth she just can't trust him from her experience this is the, the best man best man yeah the best man uh-huh. groom hasn't he can he can hold his liquor but the best <laughs> man can't so I have to be the one to say how how do you feel about the pacing that we just went through
0: hmm now would you do that in front of him or, or oh or, yeah or okay, okay oh yeah
1: oh yeah because if if I don't, then I never get to see how both of them are going to react. Right. And this is something that I don't want to boil, slow boil. Mm-hmm. That's not going to help either of them. No. So I just have to be brave enough bring to, to bring it up, and just to say, um, you've been, you know, kind of quiet. Are Are you okay with all this, or have you been thinking that maybe there's something else you'd rather see? Uh huh. So I'm trying to give her an opportunity not to mention why, but just to say what she would feel more comfortable with. Mm. We don't have to talk about the why yet.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I mean, I'm telling you now because I know what happened later, uh-huh. but at that moment I did not know. I just knew that something wasn't cooking well
0: see that's the good diplomat in you you know it is pulling i
1: i i I am aware
0: pulling out that data yes go ahead continue
1: she said well you know it's not that we couldn't do it that way but i i really would love to get into the the ballroom because my father is long-winded so, I want to give him more time after the main course. So, if we could have the best man be the first speaker before dinner, before dinner, uh-huh. is that going to be okay? Are we breaking any etiquette rules? Of course, the groom says, Well, I've never seen it that way, you know. So, here's where I get to say, Actually, yeah. it's it's at least 50% of the time that you see the best man that's instead right. of the father be the first speaker. Either way is okay. I think that's probably a good compromise because if fathers get enthusiastic about talking about his daughter and new son-in-law and the chicken
0: <laughs> is
1: ready... In the kitchen.
0: Got to serve that chicken.
1: I got to tell you, they cannot uncook the chicken. They
0: can uncook the chicken.
1: And I've been told that by many a (laughs) chef. (laughs) And so if you feel your dad's going to be long-winded, then I would definitely encourage you to switch. Mm -hmm. And the groom went along with it because I said nobody wants rubber chicken and not <laughs> only that if a father is speaking from his heart you don't want to give him a timeout signal you can do that to a best man uh-huh but you can't do it to a father that's right Wow and that's kind of how I got him
0: I, I, I yeah good
1: it was yeah, after it. the fact right that I got a call from the bride and she says, thank you because I didn't want to have to say in front of my fiance that I do not want the best man to speak later. I don't trust him. And that's when I found out everything. Mm. So I could tell on her face, you know, that she was relieved. So I knew there was an issue I just didn't know exactly what the issue was uh-huh. when we started. Wow. But, you know, it's something that we all have to take into consideration. Just because there are ways that we both feel comfortable and we know is a nice pace for the evening, you got to take everybody's personality and behaviors into consideration. That's right.
0: Wow. Yeah, and be flexible that way and be proactive in that way. Wow. Have,
1: have you ever come across something like that?
0: Um, well, I've, I've definitely had people say inappropriate things. <laughs> and yeah, some people being, um, yeah, having had too much liquor. Yeah. And, um, uh,
1: have you seen how, have you ever had to step in and do something about that?
0: Y- you know, I haven't. Um,
1: or there's been a planner or someone else around?
0: Yeah, yeah, there seems to be this, this recollection, though. Well, I, I mean, I have, okay, um, I won't say many times, but I, I think that a couple should know their family. They, yeah. sh- they should know their audience. You know, they should know a lot of things and how people will interact or react mm-hmm. under certain situations. And I have had a couple say, do not give the microphone to Uncle you know, Phil. <laughs> or um yeah and they'll warn me or or they'll or they'll say ahead of time that um other than the people who are slated to speak no one else gets the microphone and sure enough somebody would come up and say hey you know I want to say a few <laughs> words you know <laughs> and you know I'm I'm sorry yeah you know
1: well I think it's only responsible uh you know, if the couple really has those guidelines, because it can go the opposite way too, where the, the couple will say, Oh sure, anyone can say anything they want. And then you're breaking the mood, the pace, and just how long do you let people talk? Mm-hmm. That that can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless you're in a situation where it's expected because of the culture or, uh, or the family, your family uh, dynamics, where you know after dinner before you get up and dance, you know everybody tells stories and uh, I know I I had a uh, Russian wedding, and it it you, they toasted throughout the evening, and every time they toasted somebody stood up and and besides saying Nostrovia or whatever, uh, they had a little story. Mm -hmm. And as the evening went on, the stories got longer. (laughs) (laughs) So that works if you can stay at a location till two, three o'clock or later, which is very typical of some families that enjoy that type of,
0: there, there was a um, activity. A, a wed- yes, there yeah. was a wedding at the California Club, and and I provided a, uh, a quartet and, and DJ for for this this night. And um, the contract said ten o'clock that the the DJ would end at ten o'clock. And um, do you know that at uh, two a.m. they were still up on the third floor terrace
1: outside outside
0: drinking coffee talking just having the greatest time and I had
1: they have cigars there
0: at you know maybe I I wasn't there I I sent I sent some people there oh okay um but um but three days later I wound up speaking with um the captain who was indeed on on the gig and he says, Oh, he says, Oh yeah, he says, I left. I left at one o'clock and they were still up there. And and I had come by the club yeah. around two and and heard from somebody else. Yeah, they're still upstairs. And I nearly went upstairs to, to say, really? hi, how did it go? I, I nearly went up, but I went, you know, I don't want to crash there. It's not my family, you know, it's not. Yeah. not But uh, but I was thinking of maybe texting the mother of the bride saying, you know, hey, why don't you all go to the pantry or something? Go have have breakfast. (laughs) You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795. Or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, toby at prepared.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at P-R-E-P-A-I-R-E-D.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week.